Today, I want to share with you some of our ideas for Disney World. On behalf of the cast of the Walt Disney World Resort, we'd like to welcome you to the Magic Kingdom. If you believe and wish hard enough, you too will see the magic of Tinkerbell as she lights this evening's performance of W Radio. Your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 747, and together, as we have been since 2004, I'm going to help you not only have the best possible Disney vacation experience when you go to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of that Disney magic wherever you are, here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night, blog, events, weekly newsletter, and more. Please join the community and find everything at www.radio.com. So if you're looking for a reason to visit Disneyland for the first time or an excuse to go back again, this week we share 10 more reasons to visit Disneyland. From new experiences to timeless classics, reimagined attractions to special events and more. Yes, of course, there's going to be food. A lot of it. Start packing your bags now because there is more to explore than ever before. Then stay tuned for our Disney trivia question of the week. And more updates at the end of the show. And if you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Passengers will stand by to board. Back on show 385 in late 2014, which I can't believe was so many years ago, we looked at 10 reasons why every Walt Disney World fan and family needs to visit Disneyland. And like many, most episodes of the show, it's evergreen, meaning that Even though it's a few years old, most, if not all, of the reasons that we gave are not only still true, but compelling on their own. But as time has passed, changes have occurred. And with change, sometimes comes loss. But I think often most times, especially in the case of the Disney parks, there are incredible new additions and more reasons than ever to visit, whether you're looking to go to Disneyland for your very first time or go back to the parks. And one of the parks in question where is is where it all began. And so this week, we're going to venture back to Disneyland and Disney California Adventure as we explore and examine 10 more reasons to visit Disneyland. And joining me on this adventure, like the Gwizdrals, it's going to be a quest, a quest for fun. And in my case, snacks is a new guest on the show. He is Mr. Daps 
the founder of dapsmagic.com. And as you'll see on his YouTube channel, always sporting his signature trilby and bow tie. Mr. Daps, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, it's great to have you. We've known each other like, and I was trying to think about this before we started recording. We've sort of known each other for a long time from events, but but this is the first time on the show. I don't even remember how or where we ever first met and and started talking. I could actually tell you that, and it's it's the Tiki Room, and you were I think live on your computer, walking <laughs> around with it open, and I had a friend named Andrew who was the the host for the tiki room that day oh my gosh yeah he he absolutely loved you and he's like you gotta meet lou and so he dragged me over and and we had a very quick encounter and at the time i never really connected all of the dots and i was like oh that's cool he's from florida and uh and then years later i think it was a d23 expo when we were at an opening press preview or something's when we actually started talking more so wow i just this blast in the past i remember andrew and he had a he had a unique like username or nickname. I don't remember what it was. I think but it had something to do with the Cubs, didn't it? I'm trying to remember. I, it was, to show you how long ago it was, <laughs> I was walking around <laughs> broadcasting from my laptop with a yes. 3G card and a, and a webcam on top and, and got some odd looks, not just from guests, but from cast members, probably from security <laughs> as well, too. But it shows you how long you know ago. I mean, this is probably... Wow, 2007, 2008, nine, somewhere in, in there. That'd be my guess. So, yeah. Wow. Um, so, you know, we've we've met, we've we've spoken and, and sort of, you know, uh hit it off and, and got along very well at events. But I would love to share, I'd love for you to share, not just for for my own education and advocation and benefit, but for the listener as well. I'm a sucker for an origin story. So give me sort of the the quick Reader's Digest condensed Cliff Notes version of the Mr. Dapp's origin story. Absolutely. So I did not grow up in Southern California. In fact, I grew up visiting Southern California once every couple of years if I was lucky. And you'd get your one day at Disneyland while you were visiting. And we'd stay in the Disney Vacation Land campground. And it's some of my favorite memories growing up. But they were only a couple of times, less than a handful. And so then when I grew up, I discovered California was a place you could live. I moved out here. I thought that was awesome. I didn't really know what I was going to do. But I knew that I wanted to be somewhat close to Disneyland. Turned out it was 100 miles away, and that was fine. And and then uh, movies started coming out, new attractions started coming out, the internet was kind of starting to really blossom at the time. And so I started searching for more information about Disney and Disneyland and all of this stuff. And and I discovered Yahoo Groups. (laughs) And from Yahoo Groups, we ended up making our own (laughs) Yahoo Group. And, And my little brother, I think we had 100 members within like a month. And it was literally a bunch of... Disney fans who knew absolutely nothing but sharing their collective littleness of like, oh, I know a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And there just wasn't, you know, Wikipedia and all the stuff we have today. And uh, so within about a month, we had 100, 100 uh, members of the Yahoo group. And my little brother's like, well, we need to make a website. And at the time, I don't know that I even really knew how to use a search engine. Like it was very <laughs> brutal. And, and there are copies of the original version of the site. And it makes me cringe looking back at it now. And thank goodness for progress. But uh, so we started it in 2004. And then like a year or so later, uh, somebody from Disney reached out to us and they're like, hey, do you want to do you want to come down and see this thing at Disneyland? And and we were just kind of 
doing things without a plan and having fun with it. And so we started getting invited to media events and things kind of have organically grown over the last, what, 18 years now. And uh, and it's always been kind of one of those fun side things that you just do with your friends. And and we really enjoy doing it. And, uh, you know, we have our web shows and puppets and all this crazy stuff. <laughs> and uh, oh, yes. <laughs> but uh, about a year ago, uh, it was just time for a career change. And I was feeling the urge to really give this thing a ride. And and so I jumped in and a friend redesigned our logo, which was amazing for him and or by him. And uh, I love it. And it just seemed like all of the stars were aligned to just go for this thing. And so for the last year, I've been living, breathing, having fun with Disney and positive stuff on Daps Magic. I love it, man. I love again. I love the store and I love that taking of the leap of faith to do what you love and, and the positivity that you do, too. And we were talking beforehand and I admitted to you, I'm like. I don't know what DAPS actually means. I'm like, am I allowed to ask you? Or is this like some sort of super, super secret? So for anybody else who's wondering what DAPS actually means and, and how sort of DAPS magic, the, the word came to be. Initially, in, in 2004, it standed for Disney Annual Pass Holders. Um, we are now magic key holders here on the West Coast. <laughs> so Disney Annual Pass Holders don't make a whole lot of sense, even though I do have a pass for, for Walt Disney World. And uh, so I was... With a bunch of people at, at Christmas a year or two ago, and uh, my dad actually came up with this idea, and he's like, "Why don't you make it Disney and positive stuff? Because that's what you are anyway." And in the moment he said it, like something went off in my brain. I was like, "Well, duh, that's totally it." And it's one of those funny things too, because in the moment he was like, "Oh no, that's a dumb idea," and I was like, "No, it's perfect." And and so we're leaning into that because that's what we we what we've always been anyway, and. Uh, and I think it just gives us license to be that much more fun and positive in in what we do and how we do it, which um, I like because I think sometimes uh, maybe it comes with the hat and glasses. I don't know, but I sometimes uh, skew a little bit too formal and it just kind of is like, that's my comfort. I'm a hard worker. I used to going to meetings and and it's very easy for me to slide over that way. And and really, I feel like I'm often at my best when I'm a little bit goofier and and having fun with some of the zany things we do well and that's and and now i see right why we we, we get along not because i dress the same way because i could not pull <laughs> off that look certainly not in florida in august but it's this idea of of the authenticity and the positive 23 expo <laughs> <laughs> but you know we were saying before i i love the the positive spin and and you know i'm a i'm a choose the good positive kind of guy so yeah it all makes sense and, and i am super excited for this because we just spent some time together in Disneyland as part of the, the fall favorites and festivities and some of the new things that um, just opened very, very recently over the last couple of weeks. And that's sort of what helped prompted the idea because there is so much new stuff, especially since I did the show about the, the 10 reasons to go. So I thought it'd be fun for us to sort of just, just go back and forth. We have not discussed our lists uh, with 10 ish more, more reasons to go and <laughs> visit Disneyland. And we were saying before we started recording, like, oh, I'm curious what's on your list. Well, I'm curious what's on your list. And we'll see how much overlap, if any, is going to be there. So you are my guest um, and the the floor is yours. What what for you is is the, what's the first thing that came to mind? What's sort of the first thing that was on your list when you think about a reason for somebody, whether it's they're a Walt Disney World fan or have never been before to go or go back to Disneyland? 
Well, the first one I'm assuming a lot of people come up with, but I just think it absolutely has to be on the list. And when you go to Disneyland, especially that first time you go to Disneyland, but I think about this every time I walk down Main Street, is you are walking where Walt Disney once walked. You're you're walking through the dream that continues on and continues to grow and develop and expand 60 plus years later. And you get to ride on his fire truck. And and there's something very special about getting to see, oh, this is where that picture of Walt was taken. Oh, this is where he was sitting, you know, with Mickey Mouse on the fire truck. Or this is where he'd peek out the window up there. Like, I, I've been very blessed and, and gotten to go to uh, his apartment above the firehouse. And there's there's something very magical about getting to... Just let yourself kind of absorb the atmosphere around you and and let yourself think, you know, imagine what Walt might have been thinking. Imagine what Walt would uh, be loving about. Like, I love to think of the expansions that Disneyland's had over the last few years. And I can just imagine kind of like my grandpa used to do when he'd see Fantasmic, his imagination would spark and you could see his eyes light up and I can totally imagine Walt doing the same thing as he walks through like Star Wars Galaxy's Edge or watches something like Fantasmic. And uh, and that to me is probably my favorite thing to think about every time I walk into the park and seeing the trains, you know, like Walt loved his trains. I love the trains, too. And uh, and that was literally the first thing when when we decided on this topic I was like, well, Walt. So I love it. I, I do. I, I love that because I think sometimes, especially for if we're going to talk like the old men of the like, like for a newer generation that it starts to get farther and farther away from Walt, the, the man, sometimes they lose sight of, of the person. Right. And, and I love things like Disney 100 and the exhibits and the family museum that really helped sort of connect or reconnect us to Walt. But I agree with you. I think that there is, look, I think that there's something special about all the parks, but there's something extra special about walking into Disneyland, especially if we're walking into Disneyland for the first time and seeing those places and looking up at the apartment. Like, I still get that feeling. I get those weird little butterflies. And even if I'm by myself, the sort of grin um, sort of comes across my face because I do think about the impact and the effect that this one man had, not just on me as a fan and me as a person, but every, you know, the the tens and hundreds of millions of people that have walked through go, through those gates. And, you know, say what you say, what you will. I, I still think that there's a lot of Walt left, uh, especially in Disneyland. Even the way that it feels very much like a small town when you walk into Disneyland. And I feel like that's almost a little bit of Walt's spirit living on. And that's that's literally a physical thing that that Disneyland was built this way. And it would be very hard to change because the size of Main Street's always gonna be the size of Main Street, I assume. And uh, but I, I just love that vibe that continues to live on and, and really showcases story. Yeah. And it's why the, the classic attractions remain classic. Like those ones that Walt handprint is still very much present and, and apparent on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I feel stupid about what my first one is. Cause you know, this was so <laughs> sentimental and meaningful and it's Walt. <laughs> that is not the first thing that I thought of. So um, I'm going to give you the most honest, Lou Mangiello answer because it fits in all the things that I genuinely love. And it's San Francisco square. I, I know you mentioned Walt Disney and all of the emotion and the gravitas that Walt brings. And, and I mentioned San Francisco square, but I'm, 
a huge Big Hero 6 fan. Uh, I, it's one of those movies that I've watched countless times. It's the one that I'll put on sort of in the background. And so when I heard that this was getting converted over, I was very, very excited. Um, having a, I went in before the event. I went in like a day and a half early just so I, cause I knew I had a lot to eat. I knew that there was a lot to do. <laughs> so I, we really could do 10 reasons to visit San Francisco alone. Um, and all and, of them could be the food. <laughs> well, they're all for the, for the most part, they almost really are, you know, there's, there's not a ton to it. You know, there's no attractions. Um, there's really only like one small store, but it has food in spades. Um, yes, you could meet, mm-hmm. Uh, Hero and Baymax over in the very well-themed bot shop and you could do the, you know, the bakery tour and things like that are still there, but it's Aunt Cass's Cafe, the uh, Lucky Fortune Cookery, the Cochina Cucamonga Mexican Grill, the Turbine Blenders, Ghirardelli is still there, the Cappuccino Cart, I'll get to that in a, forget, I'm gonna get to it right now. I went there really early one morning. I'm not kidding. That steak and egg breakfast burrito is not only the best $11 I may have ever spent in Disneyland, but is one of my favorite snack foods, if you can call it. I just wish the only problem I have with it is that they don't serve it 24 hours a day. Because a late night... Uh, that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, if there was some way to like grab one on the way back to my hotel. Um, but I think the, I think the, the food options are exceptional. Um, Aunt Cass's has... Dishes inspired by Japanese cuisine, including the soups in the freshly baked Bowdoin Bakery sourdough bread bowls. Um, I really, really like Lucky Fortune cookery. Um, Again, not just Japanese, but there's Vietnamese and Korean influences. I had a um, I had this ramen. It was like a beef birria ramen. And I was like, if birria tacos and ramen had a baby, this would be it. Um, But there's. Street corn and the uh, karage inspired chicken sa- sandwich, the bread bowls, the Baymax macaron. I could go. I ate a lot of what I was there. Like, I'm not going to kid you, but I love the theming of the area um, that that the way that they sort of transformed the bridge into the, the sort of Tory gate inspired bridge into San Francisco. Um, the only thing I wish is that, and I'm not a big merchandise guy, despite what it looks like behind me. I almost, I almost wish there was more merchandise. Like I was ready. I had like my credit card out and I wish there was sort of more merch to take home. And we were only there, you know, like the day or so after it opened. But I love the theming. And especially at night when you've got those Japanese paper lanterns hanging and they're sort of themed like, um, you know, the white and red of Baymax. It, it takes like a lot of Disneyland. It takes on new life and sort of new breath at night. Um, and I, and I really, really dig the space. I totally agree with you. And, and I think they've even added more lanterns since you were here. And, uh, it's, it's such a beautiful space. And one of the things I really appreciate about, appreciate about it is I can bring a group there and somebody is going to find something they like, like mm. you're, you're going to keep the entire group happy. And, and that can be a challenge. Like if you're going with a family, if you're going with a, a larger group uh, for whatever reasons with friends or whatever, um, I love that they can go to whichever place they want. And then we can meet up in the middle and, and enjoy a meal together. Cause I think that's one of the, the more special things you can do at Disneyland. And we like to do that on Sundays and, uh, um, and you get to meet Maybach, Baymax, like, yeah, the, uh, the of course the line for Baymax and Hero because it had just opened was <laughs> was crazy. But I do, 
I love the the little references and Easter eggs because that's me. I, I was looking, you know, I look sort of on a macro level almost before I look on a, I look at a micro level almost before I look on a macro level to try and pick out some of the, the details and the stories. Um, did I mention the honey lemonade, by the way? Just like, <laughs> I was really, I really, really was, um, I was impressed, like you said, at, at not just the variety, but the flavor profile of the food too. You know, there was some stuff that had a really nice, high level of spice to it. Um, you know, I think because mm -hmm. of, of where you are in Southern California, not afraid to add a little bit of heat to some of the meals, not just there, but um, everywhere around in Disneyland and uh, Disney California. And I just love uh, Japanese food and, and soba noodles and, and some of the things they have there. So uh, I think San Francisco, for me, San Francisco literally was the reason why I flew across the country just to go and visit. That's awesome. And I think it's totally justified. So what's next on your list? Okay, I'm, I'm going to go out of order because I've heard your guests do this before and I feel like that's okay. Um, <laughs> there are no gonna, rules. There are absolutely no rules here whatsoever. Okay, that's that's how I like to do things too, but uh, I, I'm going to go a different path than I was planning originally. Um, I'm going to go with entertainment at Disneyland. And the reason I'm bringing up the entertainment is one, it's always phenomenal. Two, it's constantly getting updated, whether it's the Dapper Dan seasonally, the fireworks seasonally. Like we have... I think we had like four fireworks shows this year. Like when you think of the entire year, whether it's uh, uh, Mickey's Mixed Magic or Wondrous Journeys or uh, what Believe in Holiday Magic or Halloween Screams or I think Disneyland Forever was this year also. So is that five now? And, and there's always something to be found if you're a fan of entertainment. We've got the parades going on at different times and cavalcades they've been doing and the Disneyland band and uh and I don't really know many other places where you can see this many live entertainers or or programmed, whether it's the World of Color or, or, or the fireworks, and at this quality level, too. And you can spend an entire day at the Disneyland Resort and still probably not catch every entertaining group or, or offering. And uh, And I think if you like entertainment, Disneyland is the place to visit. That's a really, really good point. And that may have even been something that we talked about a number of years ago, the first time we did it, because, and I think it is very different than what we have in Walt Disney World. I think the amount of live entertainment, and I know, you know, even so long sort of post-COVID-ish, there's still not all the live entertainment, especially here in World, that has not come back. And, and we all hope that it does, whether they are Streetmosphere characters or live performers. But even on this past trip, there are so many, you know, I think for me, because I'm not a Disneyland local, there's surprise and delight moments. Like when Five and Dime comes out on in Disney California Adventure, I literally stop what I'm doing or I will follow them along because I love this, you know, I, I, I love that type of music. I love that sort of vintage, you know, quirky jazz and sort of razzmatazz music. I love the, the costumes. I love the energy that they bring to that section of uh, Disney California Adventure, same thing too over in Disneyland. You know, you can be over in New Orleans Square and next thing you know, there's a jazz trio that's out performing. And because I'm not that familiar with the performers and the schedules, it, it's these great moments that sort of happen by accident, which is exactly what I think is supposed to happen. And I think even the characters, I know the very first time I went to Disneyland and still to this day, you know, Walt Disney World, we sort of have character locations where you go and meet where mm -hmm. you can be wandering Disneyland and all of a sudden Alice in Wonderland just pops out from somewhere. 
And there's not a huge line, not, not necessarily like this formal meet and greet area, but she or he could just be walking around or grab a child by the hand and, and take them to an attraction. And I love that. Like, I love these like amazing entertainment moments that just happen that are not necessarily often the distance on a stage somewhere, but yeah. on the ground right in front of you. And I just add to your Alice in Wonderland thing is a lot of people I don't feel like know that they play musical chairs almost every day at the piano on the end of Main Street at uh, officially refreshment corner, as we locals call it, Coke Corner. And and it's one of the most charming thing is to watch the Mad Hatter and Alice <laughs> play musical chairs with the piano player and a bunch of little kids uh, right there for, you know, 20 minutes, a half an hour, whatever it is. And absolutely charming. I love that. Uh, and now I have to go and look for that. And I, I love the fact that it's around food. So I have a reason to sort of sit there and wait. <laughs> Double win. I, yeah, I'll get to the, I will get to the food. I'm trying, I'm desperately trying not to make all of my things about food, even though the second thing on my list was about food. So I too will go out of, I'll go, I'll go somewhat out of order. <laughs> uh, but let's stay sort of in the spirit of the season because I love Halloween. I'm a seven-year-old kid trapped in a, slightly older body. I, I do. I really, really like Halloween and I've always loved not so scary Halloween party at Walt Disney world, but I've got one, two, three words for you. And they are Oogie Boogie Bash. Um, it is not just a reason to go and visit Disneyland, but man, I, I say you Disneyland does Halloween. So very well. Um, Oogie Boogie Bash takes place in September and October, we again, we can do top 10 reasons to go to Oogie Boogie Bash if you can get a ticket because they sell out very, very, very. There's a lot of things in Disneyland, like hot commodities go very, very quickly. Popcorn buckets, I'm looking at you. Breakfast chimichangas, I'm also <laughs> looking at you. But they go very, very quickly. But um, there is a, I don't even know how to put it. You know, both events are are not so scary, but there's a little sort of edge to Oogie Boogie Bash that I love. Like I love the the treat trails and the trick or treat show and the parade. Villains, Villains Grove and the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail are so amazing. And the parade is absolutely spectacular. I'm not honestly really a, a big character guy, but if you are, but I became one at Oogie Boogie Bash because you don't just get to meet some characters that would you you would necessarily expect to sort of see, but you also see ones that either I've not seen before or are relatively like obscure. Like I have, we see characters from uh, Kingdom Hearts and Lotso is out there. Agatha Harkness has been there on the the treat trail as well. Um, it's one of those things that I like. I didn't I needed to go do it again because I wasn't able to see and do everything while I was there. And that's not a complaint. Like, that's the wonderful part of Oogie Boogie Bash, because there is so much to do beyond just, quote, quote, unquote, you know, trick or treating in the parks. The whole like California adventure takes on a very, very different life and a, a very different vibe not just in the areas that you know are, are so well-themed for Halloween, but especially what they do at and for Oogie Boogie Bash. I think you totally nailed it. And as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, Disneyland Resort does every hard-ticketed event awesome. Oogie Boogie Bash is the best. 
like by far it's not even close and and you're speaking about the random uh, characters you see like we saw madame mim and we stood and talked with her for like five or ten minutes during the second parade and when we went on opening night and it brings these villain stories to life that much more when you get to not just quick hi bye here's my photo but she's sitting there telling you how she got merlin's hat or <laughs> what she's doing against merlin right now or, or you know the story really comes alive or mother gothel is another one that you just don't really see anywhere else and and uh we every year like what has it been three years now that they've had this we're always their opening night and we always walk away going why didn't we get a second night because it's exactly as you said, is, is we know all the tricks. We know how to, you know, make sure that we're in the right line at the right time and and cover everything as much as we can. And it still is just like, oh, we got to go back. That was so cool. And and it, I totally agree. It's it's one of the best things I think Disney offers anywhere. So I'll put you on the spot. What is like, okay. what's the pro tip? Right. What's the one sort of overlooked thing, the must do, the, the the secret tip to sort of either maximize your time there or the thing that, you know, the people don't necessarily talk about, but is is a favorite part of specifically Oogie Boogie Bash for you? Uh, well, I would say that that's that's a split question is the pro tip is don't get in the longest line first, because quite often towards the end of the night, the line will shorten. And and then you can sneak in and you don't wait an hour for a certain character or something. Uh, adding to that, the one you really want to do, get in line during the first parade, because that will be the time where it shortens a little bit. And then for the thing that you absolutely can't miss, um, I think for us this year was Judge Doom. Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's where it's so cool with Oogie Boogie Bash is every year there's something different or, you know, you get your new surprises and uh, they really do keep you on your toes because you don't know who's coming back or who's going to be a new, you know, a new character that's found in the uh, the party. And uh, oh, and, and also bring your own bag because they always give you too much candy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think I think Judge Doom was the highlight this year and and don't underestimate uh, Villains Grove. Like mm. that, I think, is such a eerily beautiful experience to walk through that uh, that I think is easy to be like, oh, the line looks long. And it moves pretty quick. So just hop in and you'll you'll love it. Right, and there's nothing, like I said, there's nothing scary about it, but there is that little bit of, and Judge Doom. There's a like, little haunting, right? Like, right. It, there is a little sort of like wonderfully creepy factor to yeah. it. Like, but you're right, like Judge Doom, like out of left field, right? It's not like, oh, we need to sort of promote, yeah. you know, Roger Rabbit coming back. No, it out of left field, like relatively obscure-ish character you wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. But I saw some, you know, some videos of, you know, him with the dip and this. Yeah, really, really, really well done. Really like I it. I totally agree. Now I'm upset I ha- I didn't get a chance to go this year. I'm trying to like, can I sneak in? Can I somehow get sneak a trip over and and get a ticket? Because it, it's, the, and the, the tickets aren't, I think they run from about what one thirty to one sixty, one seventy, somewhere around there. Something depending like on, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the real trick is just being fast enough on the day they open up because it, it seems like every year they go faster and faster. And uh, if you're a magic key holder, that's really when you want to buy your tickets is do that because they usually have an open window before general tickets go on sale for magic key holders. And, yeah. and that's that's what we almost always try to make sure we get just because it gets really hard the other day. And the one thing I, I will say too, when I did go, was it lateral? It was last year. I think I went, I didn't feel like it, they oversold the event. Like I never felt like, Oh, what am I, what am I paying all this money for? Because this, the lines are so crowded and mm-hmm. the crowds are so 
thick. You can't watch the parade. You can't do this. Like I felt like there was a there was a lot of people there, but not so much that I didn't get the value for my ticket. Because sometimes you go to events, you know, not necessarily even just meaning Disney. Um, but there, let's just say that there are some other Halloween themed events that happen in other parks, other places where it's just you it's know very it, hard to get. It's through. very very hard to get through. Um, you know, oh, yeah. we we saw two houses. That's great. So. <laughs> Yeah, they do a nice job of keeping it at a level that's manageable so you can enjoy the night and not feel like you've missed out on everything. Yeah. All right. What's uh, what is next on your list? All right. I'm going to go. I think I'm going to steal one from you if I had to make a guess. But uh, I'm going to say Avengers Campus just because I I really find and this kind of goes back to the character thing is it is such a dynamic and fun area to visit. And you never know exactly what you're going to see. You know, maybe it's it's Black Widow fighting or maybe it's Doctor Strange doing wonderful magic or Spider-Man flying high over the sky, which I love watching people kind of walking by as he's about to do that and looking up, not realizing what's going to happen. And then he suddenly is flying over the the roof line. And uh, and you can see it from all over an Avengers campus, which is a blast. And the attraction's great. But uh, I really think and the food. uh I really think it's the land itself is such a fun place to watch the characters live and interact with each other. And then also with the, uh, the guests or recruit as they call them. And, um, and, uh, and then also, you know, guardians uh, is a great ride as well. And during Halloween, it's, it's even, it's, even it, it has better. the overlay. Yeah. It's even better. Um, it's described as a party and a ride. And I love the fact that it's a completely new experience when you do mm-hmm. go in the fall. I'm a huge Marvel fan. I, I love um, Avengers campus. I, I do think it is a, it is a destination reason to go. I'm also a monstrous Spider-Man fan, but I will tell you that my favorite part of Avengers campus, I know, listen, if you're listening, you're like, Oh, he's going to say Pim test kitchen because it's That's Lou. where I thought you're going <laughs> or it's going to be the shawarma cart. It very well could be the shawarma cart. I'm not going to lie. Um, I may or may not have eaten dinner, then grabbed a shawarma, brought it back to my room. It doesn't matter. This is who I am. The thing that I really, really love is the ancient sanctum. I love the Doctor Strange show that takes place, especially when you go like at night and it's like wonderful lighting and sound effects and smoke and fog effects. It's like fun and it's accessible. And you're literally like sitting there right there on the floor. Like you're you're almost feel like you are part of the show and I love the fact that, you know, there's it, everything is rooted in story, right? Avengers Campus is as well. And this idea that in the late 40s, this this Stark Industries complex was built on top of this location. And then it became what we know as Avengers. But you can go through with that mindset and sort of piece together pieces of the origin story of Avengers campus and how it was this Stark industries complex. And it is full. It is replete with like wonderful, fun Easter eggs. And as many times as I've been, I still always feel like I find something new. And you're going to find someone new quite often as well. Like through the couple of years it's been open, we've seen what Elsa Bloodstone last Halloween, which was amazing and werewolf by night and Wanda and all of these amazing uh, characters that just keep you guessing uh, on what's coming next and what you're going to experience next, which I love because I think it just makes it very repeatable. And uh, and that's great if you're a local and it's also great if you're from out of town. And I get people messaging me all the time like, hey, do you think 
so-and-so is going to be there in, in July. And I was like, maybe. <laughs> and some of them you can be like, yeah, I would guess you're probably pretty safe. And then other ones you're like, they might be gone tomorrow for all I know. Cause they, it's, it's, it's wonderfully unpredictable mm-hmm. in some of the things that they do there. That's it. It's the unpredictability other than, and I love this, how quickly they're able to leverage. So if, if something premieres on Disney plus, there's a good chance that the next day that new character, that new costume is going to be in Avengers campus. But the, you're right, the unpredictability of who's going to be where, what, like going there and seeing Moon Knight or going there and seeing Werewolf yeah. by Night, like characters you will never see any other. Again, I'm not a character person, yet I find myself sort of following them around um, as you see them and seeing where they're going, what they're doing, and watching how they interact with guests as they're, as they're just sort of, um, you know, sort of kind of sometimes like leisurely just walking around. And, and I yeah, remember like they're living there. <laughs> there they are. They're living. And because yeah. of, you know, the multiverse allows for um, a, a lot of, of, of a wide spectrum of storytelling, because you can have these characters existing in the same time, in the same place. Mm-hmm. And I, did we mention this? Sh- I'm not sure if we mentioned the shawarma. I'm not so I'm taking it that's your favorite food in the land. <laughs> I really like the shawarma, like a lot. Um, that's fair. I'll get to snacks. I, I promise I'll get to snacks. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I won't go. I have a food destination that is was very, very, very high on my list. I'm sure it's on yours as well. But I will I will follow your lead. And I'll actually go over. I'll, I'm going to go from Disney California Adventure over to Disneyland and the reimagining, the reimagining of Mickey's Toontown, which debuted earlier this year, um, with new experiences, and it seems like I don't know why it seems like bigger and and f- like more open. And I love this Centennial Park with with the different play areas. I only had a chance to sort of walk through in the evening one night, but it's this wonderful like symphony of sights and sounds and like there's a lot going on in this very family friendly area that yes was built with young children in mind and a lot of interactive areas but there's a lot of stuff for adults to do as well like in centennial park they've got these these uh water tables um for sort of different sensory experiences but at night it comes to life at night Uh, it was just gorgeous at night there's a um you were talking earlier about walt disney this idea of the dreaming tree that was inspired by the dreaming tree that, that Walt would um, daydream under back in his hometown. And, and um, I love sort of sort of like these rolling verdant Hills, like in the background, a lot of places just to sort of get away from it all a little bit, let your kids go and play and do their thing, but you can sit and relax. And in Walt's case, you can, you can dream. And I loved all these open play areas and interactive experiences and that connection to Walt Disney. And there was something that I didn't realize initially, but I think is, is, is important to, to note too, because we've, we've talked about for years and I continue to hear this, how Walt Disney world and Disneyland are sometimes some of the few, if not only places that some guests that have special needs or, or requirements can vacation to because of how accessible it is, how um, 
inclusive it is in terms. And they, I think when they reimagined Toontown, this was something that they really thought very, very hard on and were very intentional in having, um, you know, working with cast members to design these new areas to make sure that all guests of all different abilities can see and hear and interact with the places and spaces and each other. Um, Disneyland Resort has this um, thing called Enabled. It's a Disney business employee resource program to promote respect and appreciation for people with disabilities. And they helped provide insights to reimagine that land. And even like in Goofy's house, like you see, you know, I think, I think it's so important for people to see themselves like in places. And if you look in Goofy's house, there's a little woodchuck that's using a wheelchair, right? Something that you didn't sort of normally see in the tool, the, the tune world. But even as I like, as I noticed, you can see that, you know, all the curbs are gone. Um, there's a lot of different uh, wheelchair accessible areas and, and braille integrations and things like that. Um, so I, I loved, I think, I love it because of its connection to Walt, not just Walt, the the storyteller, but creating this place that that everybody is is welcome and included, um, and you know, like Walt's Dreaming Tree allows you know everybody to sort of have a place to sort of dream big. Totally agree, and and I think to me, it's all about this is also a place where anybody and everybody can play, whether it is with the water. Or maybe it's just that that green field of grass over by Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. And one of my favorite things to do is there's kind of like an, uh, I think it's called Outlook Point or something, I don't remember. But you can climb up, um, up kind of by where the the slides are, and you can look down over the land on this, this wonderful little uh, walkway. And I love to just stand there and watch families having fun together. And, you know, that's something I think that we sometimes take for granted. Of, of course, you're going to have fun at Disneyland. But how often do we actually look at it? Like, how, how often do we watch it play out in front of us and see those happy moments of, you know, grandpa wrestling with his grandson in the grass or or maybe, uh, you know, coming up to the water and, and touching water for the first time? It sometimes looks like where there's that tentative, like, do I really want to touch this? Is it going to be cold? Is it going to be hot? I don't know. And, and just watching these little moments happen, and I think that's what they did really well with Toontown, is they created a space for magical moments to happen with the entire family. Or or maybe it's just the kids, if, if mom and dad are tired. Uh, there's benches, thankfully, there too. And uh, But they did a really great job of creating a space for moments for everybody to have fun and play together. And I, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that while Runaway Railway, the attraction, is a, a near mirror of the one in Walt Disney World, the queue and the story mm -hmm. of Runaway Railway there is very different. And I love the fact that they sort of, that they're trying to sort of make these stories and these cartoons and these shorts something that when we step into Toontown is part of their reality. And if yeah. you're an Easter egg fan, and if you love those little details and stories, if you love those early Disney cartoons and shorts, whether it was from the late 20s, 30s, 40s, or, you know, if you were a, you know, a kid of the 80s watching on or 90s watching on the Disney Channel, there's something in that queue for you. And take the standby line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least once. At least once. Yeah, because you'll miss a lot if you go the other way. Uh, what's next on your list? All right, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with 
everything is walkable. And, and this is something that's very unique to the Disneyland Resort and, and maybe a little bit Disneyland Paris, but I love how close everything is. So on an average day at Disneyland, I might start at Disneyland, uh, you know, watching the Disneyland band, decide I want lunch over at Trader Sam's in the Disneyland Hotel. And then along the way, be like, oh, you know what? I, I really want to get shawarma there we go and and then make my way over to avengers campus and you can literally walk between the two parks and the disneyland resort hotels in minutes and you're not exhausted <laughs> and um and i love the gift of space that walt disney world has and i love the gift of compression that disneyland yeah. has and it's a completely different experience because of it and and to me park hopping is almost a no-brainer at the disneyland resort because you kind of can watch the cues and the lines on the Disneyland app and be like, oh, well, this area of the park is clearly very busy. I'm heading over to Avengers Campus or vice versa. And and I think it's just one of those things that we take for granted as Californians. That it's like, well, of course, they're all close to each other. <laughs> but then when you go to other parks around the globe, you're like, oh, man, that was a day. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You got to get on a boat to get on a monorail in order to get the bus to the tram to get where you want to go. Which is fun. Yeah. But it's it's a very different experience. And I think it's one, especially if you're staying on property or right across the street, that really can change the way you do Disneyland and provide a flexibility that perhaps you may not have if you're committed to uh, going to Animal Kingdom in the morning and you want to end up watching Luminous at night at Epcot or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, I just love the flexibility. If you stand in the middle of the promenade in between Disneyland and California Adventure and downtown Disney, and you almost feel like you can reach out and touch. It's this amazing feeling to realize that you have all these options that are so, so very close. And I'll, I'll piggyback on what you said, because one of the things I had on my list was actually the variety of resort options. Um, you know, mm -hmm. yes, there's the three on-site Disneyland Hotel and, and Paradise Pixar Pier Hotel um, and Disney California Adventure, but there's like, 45 to 50 different hotels around the resorts, obviously of, of varying standards and, and price points that are super affordable, are very, very walkable. Uh, the last time I was there, because I like trying some of these out. And the very first one that I ever stayed at when I when I first went and was was I got there a couple of days early before some friends were, were coming in was there's a um, there's a Best Western Plus right on Catella. When I say that it is literally right across the street, you could look out your window and you see the Disneyland sign. I mean, it, it's like a, I walk fast, but it's like a four minute walk from my room to the gate of whatever park you want to. I stayed there again. They, they had recently, um, they recently refurbished it. And again, especially for somebody like me, who I'm not in my room very often, like I need a shower and a bed just for a couple of hours because my time in Disneyland is limited. I'm going to be spending it. At the, the the shawarma cart. So, but it's super convenient. It's super affordable. Depending on where you stay, they're themed differently. They've got pools. They've got like breakfast included. They've got all kinds of different, you know, ways to help save money, but still have a great experience. And I, and I love that there is such a, a wide variety of lodging options, food options as well, too. If maybe you don't want to eat in like when I went years ago and saw that there was a little picnic area outside of Disneyland, yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I love that because you're right. It is a lot of locals and it, you know, it can get expensive eating 
in Disney, you know, I live right behind Walt Disney World. I know it can get expensive. You want to eat at the parks every single day. It's always a temptation, but it, it it's a great thing too, just because uh, speaking of foods is like you can walk to just about any type of food and soon even more types of food, whether it's downtown Disney, the hotels, either park or across the street. And uh, I just love the the possibilities that creates. Up with you. Um, all right. I won't count that one as mine because there's a couple more I, that I definitely have to get to. How I want to know, and maybe we're just maybe you're just trying to be like gentlemanly because I assume that that's who you are. You're like, I'm not going to say Tiana's palace because I'm going to give that one to Lou because clearly I saw how much he ate and how much he enjoyed. Um, that just opened uh, the first week of September on uh, Orlean street. And I love princess and the frog. I love the food. I absolutely new Orleans is one of, if not my favorite city in the United States. And when they were going, when I heard that they were going to be introducing this restaurant, which is a quick service restaurant, which I thought was a very interesting yet wonderful choice um, based mm-hmm. on Princess and the Frog, I got very, very excited. When I saw it in person, I got really excited. When I sat down to eat, that's when the magic happened because we were talking about this earlier. Disneyland and Disney California Adventure are not afraid to allow food to be as, and, and especially for a place like here, if it is going to be as inspired by New Orleans as well, it has to be authentic. I'm going to tell you, I had, they have three different types of gumbo. They have a seven greens gumbo, which is plant-based, a regular seven greens gumbo with chicken and andouille and the house gumbo. I had the house gumbo with the buttermilk biscuits. And it's probably the best gumbo I had outside of New Orleans. It had the heat. It had the spice. It, it was like, it was absolutely fantastic, but they have, you know, half chicken. They've got muffaletta sandwiches and, and po' boy sandwiches, shrimp and grits, um, kids menus. But I love the fact, first of all, I love the, the details inside and a lot of some of those little Easter eggs and nods to the film, but I loved where it is. It obviously fits perfect into the, into the theming of New Orleans Square, but what I feel, and I hope, I hope the, the food, and I'm curious to hear what you thought. I hope the food stays the way it is. I hope it keeps that little bit of heat for those folks that want it because you really do get a sense that it is a, a piece of New Orleans dropped right into Disneyland. I completely agree with you. And I should also add, Tiana quite often visits and walks around the seating area we've discovered since the uh, the location opened. Oh, wow. But I have, I have now eaten there uh, several times and um, it, it has become probably my new favorite place to eat at Disneyland in that park. And, uh, and the house gumbo is definitely my favorite, but I can also tell you, I've had everything on the menu now, uh, between a media preview we had a, a few weeks before it opened and then all the weeks since. And, um, I have liked everything on the menu. Um, definitely that gumbo is up there. The shrimp and grits was really good. And um, and I really hope you're right. And I hope they keep the spice in that house gumbo, because that is the dish I've gone back to is it's kind of almost become a comfort food to mm-hmm. me, which has been weird with the the temperatures we've had recently, because normally I'm more of like, hey, it's let's have cool weather and this type of comfort food. But uh, it is like if you get the gumbo, you get the the cornbread. And, and I love that chicory cold brew. Yeah, that is like I I have been sending people over just for that and you can mobile order it. So 
like you're good to go. And um, did you have the beignet, and, the, the ice box, the lemon yeah. ice box pie? Yes. Fill- oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I made a huge mess with that. Um, it is delicious, but bring your napkins. Um, I, I, I have not mastered how to eat that gracefully yet, but uh, someday I'll just keep trying until I do. And, and then you also get jazz. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other thing that's so wonderful about that is you get Jambalaya Jazz Band coming out uh, throughout the afternoon and uh, performing there, which I think is just, there's few things more magical than having a live band play while you eat. Yeah, the... The overall experience and the ambiance sort of that that captures the the culture of New Orleans, the flavor of New Orleans, but you sit outside in the shade of the tree with the live jazz band playing. You're looking out over the rivers of America. You're here in the train. Like, it's perfect. It is perfect. It is. It, it, is, it, is, a, it is a wonderful, wonderful experience. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's, it's a quick service thing because it gives more and more people a chance to um, experience it. Or in your case, experience it multiple times a day. You know, we've got to do it all in the. I'm not judging. The, uh, I know it's it's the it's, it's the research. You're a giver. This, that's we we got to take care of our people, right? Uh, is it my turn? It, it is. Okay, well, I'm going to go to perhaps one of the most obvious ones, but I also think it's one of the most iconic, and that is the Matterhorn. And and Disneyland has the distinction of having the only Matterhorn, and I feel like it is an experience that every Disney fan needs to try at least once. And uh, I would also say try it once during the day and once at night, uh, just because they're two very different experiences. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of the original thrill attractions and... Uh, I don't go on it probably more than once a year because it definitely is not the most comfortable attraction. <laughs> I was waiting to see. I was I, like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, I don't have a back problem, but if you do, I would probably negate everything I've just said. Um, but there is something like you have to go on it at least once a year because you're you're getting this very unique, bumpy experience with uh you know, you got the abominable snowman yelling at you all the way through the thing. And uh, and the the ultimate way to experience this, and it's happened once or twice in my life, is if if you can do it on a night where it's not closed because of fireworks for whatever reason, and you can see the fireworks going off while you're going down the mountain. And, and that is just one of the most magical things, too. Uh, but, you know, seeing all of Tomorrowland at night is great from that that perspective. And since we don't have a Skyliner anymore, you know, that's 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 the way to do it. I agree with you about every part of that, including that it's it's a bit of a rough ride. <laughs> it's yeah. a, but but it's very much like Space Mountain at Walt Disney World. Like I, I I kind of put the two of them in the same category. I don't. I'm going to give the bumpiest ride in a Disney park to the Matterhorn. Um, but, You're probably right. But I love the connection to Walt. Right when he was doing Third Men mm-hmm. on the Mountain, was sort of inspired to you know, to, to create a Matterhorn. I love the fact that it's the first tubular steel roller coaster and, and the, the connection to the park's sense of nostalgia. Um, I'll see and it's your, great for pictures. And it's great for pictures, but I'll see your Matterhorn. So uh, since I, I need to try and have something that's not a hundred percent food related, the next one on my list is an attraction and it's one that I hope does not come to Walt Disney World. I love having different attractions in different parks. It gives you a reason to go and it gives you a reason to go back. We heard at Destination D23 recently of some changes and some updates that are coming to all the parks at Walt Disney World, including one 
Indiana Jones. I hope that the Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye does not get mirrored over in Walt Disney World. I love having that specific to Disneyland and a reason to go. I know that the tracks are exactly the same, Dinosaur and Indiana Jones, but it is a completely different experience um, with the cavern of bubbling death and the temple and the music and the Easter eggs and, and the eye of Mara. Like the first time that you ride it and you go into that cavernous section of the attraction, it feels you forget that you're in a show building. It, it just feels so massive. Um, I love the story that's told there, whether you're a fan of the, the first films or the last films, it doesn't matter because it's a completely new storyline. Um, I think the special effects still hold up. Um, I love the enhancement that, that took place a number of years ago. Um, so yeah, I hope, I think it's a reason to go to Disneyland. And again, I hope that it's not something that is, is mirrored, you know, scene for scene over in Walt Disney world. So we have two different Indiana Jones experiences in the States. I, I completely agree. And I would also add the queue is such a huge part of the experience for this attraction because it, it kind of like eases you into the story because you start in Adventureland and then you enter the world of Indiana Jones and you see the Jungle Cruise going by. And it really does start taking you out of California and Disneyland and placing you into the middle of an Indiana Jones adventure um, as you're walking further and further into that tunnel. And and honestly, as you were speaking, I was like, I don't know how they would do that in in disney's animal kingdom because they just don't have that same kind of space uh, as you're going mm -hmm. down into the attraction and it, it i i hope you're right and i i hope uh we get a completely different story or experience whatever it is if if it is indeed indiana jones like it seems like it is and uh i'd love to be completely surprised and yeah. i think that'd be really cool um, I don't even know where, what number we're on. It probably doesn't matter. Do you have anything know. else <laughs> on your list? I have I have plenty because I was worried that you were going to like make me come up with 10. Um, <laughs> I do think I mean, we've kind of over like we've hit a few of them. Uh, I do think it's worth mentioning the festivals at Disney California Adventure mm -hmm. is that is something that's really grown through the years. And, and for half of the year, I would say at this point, you have some really fun festivals that really i almost want to say they're over the top so whether you got festival holidays and you've got these incredible bands playing in front of the uh the paradise bay on that bridge and or on that uh that stage there and so like fat cat swinger is this little big band that has so much energy and it's just so much fun and then you have uh you have the uh the three caballero show i just lost the name of it but uh you have so much stuff happening around uh disney california around the bay for for holidays and then you move forward and you've got uh lunar new year festival coming or celebration that happens and then you've got food and wine and we get our return usually of soaring uh over california and there is so many fun detailed things to do through all of these um, and, and Plaza de la Familia right mm -hmm. now, uh, that really just, they engage you. They just pull you in and you look at your watch and you're like, oh, I've been here for six hours. And you don't even realize it, whether it's the entertainment or the interactive things to do or the characters to, to meet. Um, you know, you can meet Raya, you can meet Mirabelle, you can meet the three caballeros, Mickey Mouse, Minnie, all of them in, in seasonal and fun costumes that you're not going to see anywhere else. And, uh, 
And I really think it's been a fantastic addition for uh, Disney California Adventure as, as we uh, wish that we were someday Epcot Westcott. But uh, <laughs> but we are very happy with what we have. <laughs> so this is our first overlap because I had special events and experiences on Beautiful. my list because there are so many throughout the year, whether it is holiday-based whether it is seasonal based, whether it is cultural based, right? So you mentioned things like Three Kings Day. I'm going to very quickly, I went yeah. through the list because there's dozens. I mean, there's a, some of them might just be a celebration of a day. Some of them might be something that goes on. like four happening right now. Yeah, like Halloween time goes, you know, for, for yeah. two months. That alone is a reason to go. But Three Kings Day, the Disneyland Half Marathon, Lunar New Year runs for almost a month and there's food and characters and, and performances again, wonderful sort of exposure to the culture, the, the music and the food uh, Disneyland after dark, you have your own food and wine festival. You have an Easter egg hunt that lasts from March through April dapper day, which I know is it's like an official unofficial type of thing that, that sort of happens. Or as I like to call it Sunday, right? <laughs> it's every day for you. Um, Mardi Gras is um, celebrated, grad nights, Halloween time. Uh, you said mentioned the Plaza de Familia. Uh, Viva Navidad in uh, from like November to January, that festive celebration of Latino cultures and yeah. traditions. Holidays at Disneyland are, are like, this is the sort of the quote unquote rewritability of Disneyland because no matter what time of year you go, there is something to do. And when I was talking earlier about um the um, Oogie Boogie Bash, you know, yeah. Halloween itself, it could be a top 20 reason to go because if even if you don't do the the special ticketed event for Oogie Boogie Bash, there's the Halloween Screams Nighttime Spectacular. There's all kinds of food, great character meet and greets, um, beautiful decorations. Cars Land with the, the Halloween mm -hmm. is beautiful at night. Yep. Plaza de Familia, uh, I really, really liked the entertainment offerings and some of the the interactive experiences that were were there. I shared a couple of, yeah. of videos on my Instagram reels and, and stories. Uh, and even over in Disneyland Park, the uh, Dia de los Muertos, the, the decor sort of mm -hmm. that, that's um, right by uh, Rancho de Zocalo over in Frontierland. Beautiful. And and I would add two dates that you want to not miss. Like if if you're really into the, if you consider yourself a hard hardcore uh, Disney fan, you should come out at least once for July 17th for Disneyland's birthday because there's always something that happens. You know, different years, it's different levels of of things happening, but at least a cavalcade that usually involves tons of characters that you never see and then also mickey mouse's birthday there's usually mm -hmm. a fun thing that happens and and these are kind of things that you don't think about a whole lot but they're these little special details that disney adds into the year that could be easy to overlook and they don't necessarily have to do them but they add that extra magic and that extra something special uh for disney fans that really i think it connects at the heart when they do these special days in a different way and all of these other events as well yeah and again you know people say disneyland's a quote-unquote locals park there's always something if you're local there's always something new something different that's yeah. happening and again if you're not a local no matter what time of year you go there is something special that is probably going yeah. on um anything else anything else you want to add to your list any honorable mentions or ones well, that I've 
I feel like there's one that we both would completely agree with. And, and this really goes, it, it's one of the things that sets every Disney park apart though, is the Disney cast members at the Disneyland resort. Uh, there's something very special about them. And I think it kind of goes back to where we started is there's a recognition that they're working and carrying on the legacy of the park that Walt Disney originally created. And, and if you catch some of the ones that have been around for a, a longer period of time, you can get some really interesting stories and experiences shared with you. That's a completely different type of magic um, that, you know, maybe you're riding down the main street on the fire truck and you hear from Steve, you know, how he's been doing this for decades and the different stories he's, he's been a, a part of, whether it's in a Rose parade or somebody was on his truck and it was so-and-so. Um, but there's so many different experiences and stories and moments to be had as you're going about your day at the Disneyland resort. Um, if you keep your eyes and ears open for them, because there's a lot of people that are just waiting there smiling at you that, you know, if, if you were to take the, how are you today? Instead of just saying, great. And respond with the, Oh yeah. And how are mm -hmm. you? Like, how's your day going as well? It's amazing. The different moments that are created. I think, both for us as guests and then also as the cast member that you've also made their day a little bit better. And I, I kind of think this is probably something we have very much in common is, is we really like the people component mm -hmm. of Disney and in without the people component, it's, it's just a really cool building or a really cool park. And, and I think it's always important to remember that as we go through our, our Disney experiences to, to appreciate the people that make the experiences happen and, and recognize that, you know, they're all going through their day, just like we're going through our day. And, uh, and, you know, we can make theirs a little bit better as they're making ours a little bit better as we're getting to experience Disneyland. So you were either very like-minded or you're reading my notes because one of the entries on my <laughs> list was just two letters. It was CM, right? It, it was absolutely about the cast members and, and, Again, this could be a very long road to go down, but yeah. how many times have we shared an experience that we've had or heard somebody share an experience that they've had at Disneyland, California Adventure, Walt Disney, and it involves not, wow, this attraction was great. It involves a cast member story, right? An interaction that they had with the cast members. The, the way that they are enabled and empowered and encouraged to create these simple memorable magic moments. Uh, I talk about this all the time, especially like when I, you know, if I give presentations about customer service, we, I, I talk how important the cast member roles are and some of the little things that they can do that become stories that are ones that we take home that we share. The reason why we go to these parks is not because we see an advertisement on TV or, you know, online somewhere. It's because somebody comes home and tells us about this thing that happened to them. And it usually mm -hmm. involves this story and a cast member, what they did for them, their mom, yeah. their daughter, or whatever it might be. I totally agree with you. See, now I got to follow up the cast members with like something completely <laughs> ridiculous. Well, it's I almost fine. went the connection to the 1964 <laughs> World's Fair, but yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I, there's, a, there's a few other things I have on my list and, and I'll just, I'll mention one very quickly, and then I'll end with the, the last. Uh, one of the things I really like about Disneyland, and I, I as a almost a research experiment for myself, but now it's something I want to do. You, they have so many great different tours and events that you can do. 
at the park. If you, if you, as you, I'm a, I always enter on the right. I leave on the right. I know it's weird, but we all have our little Disney traditions. We all know it. When you leave on the right from the right-hand side of Main Street, you're saying you see sort of the little tour garden there. It is where tours depart from multiple times throughout the day. And when I was there a couple of weeks ago, I really was curious to do the Happy Haunts tour. And it was like $93 for a two-hour tour. I won't spoil it, um, but I loved it. It was this deep dive into the history of Halloween and Halloween tales that are sort of specific to Disney and experiences. And one of the photo, it the one of, I'm not a photo guy. I'm not a character. One of the photos we took was like worth the price of admission. Well, I was like, I can go home right now. Should I spoil? I guess I can spoil it. I, tell oh, I one of the first things you do before your tour departs is you take a photo with two of the hitchhiking ghosts that are right out of the attraction because right now it's the nightmare before Christmas overlay. So you're taking a picture with a lantern and the ghost. You're like, Oh, this is just super cool. But you move your way throughout Disneyland park and are, are told stories about, again, whether it's the history of Halloween itself, Rolly Crump, the, the the Halloween tree, the history of trick-or-treating. And from what I understand, this um this tour changes every year. So it's a it's a new experience for guests. But in addition to that, you also get a very cool pin. You get a uh delicious little Halloween themed treat, and you also get reserved section for the viewing of the fireworks. So you've got prime viewing location without having to camp out in advance, just a note, like after Labor Day, check the day of the dude that you do the tour, because I didn't realize fireworks don't necessarily happen every single night in Disneyland, right? It's only Friday through Sunday, not necessarily on most weekends, weekdays. Yeah. So, but I loved it. Like I really, um, I love those kind of deep dive tours and it, and it was very, very like accessible, right? No matter where you're sort of, interest in, in Disneyland nerddom might be, or just learning about Halloween was a lot of fun. But the very last thing on my list is also the very first thing on my list. And I'm sure when we did the first show nine years ago, this was on my list, but Disneyland, you continue to make Walt proud and over deliver on one of the most important aspects of any Disney vacation. And it is of course, I'm sorry. The food is so good at Disneyland. I'm 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 hesitant to say this out loud, but did, does Disneyland do food better than Walt Disney World? Possibly. I know that's like heresy. Does I think the food in Disneyland is exceptional. There are some places, whether they are sit down restaurants or counter service, that I just like. Lamplight Lounge. I love Lamplight. Sitting out over water, looking at Disney California Adventure. My love of the Cozy Cone knows no bounds. And it is a must. Like it is a much like a chimichanga and a corn dog, only only from the little red wagon. A cozy cone, the chili cone carne is a must-do. Like I don't care how full, how fat I am, I need to have one before I go. Uh Bengal barbecue, I absolutely love. Um, the Tropical Hideaway has become one of my favorite 
places in Disneyland. It's just, it's nestled in between the Jungle Cruise and the Tiki Room. And it's got this sort of backstory behind it as kind of being this rest stop for Adventureland locals and, and travelers. But the, um, the bow buns and some of the special offerings and the unique Dole Whips, they have a, a chili mm-hmm. mango whip. It's a pineapple mango swirl with chamoy and mango and chili lime seasoning, which might sound weird. It is absolutely it amazing. Um, <laughs> but you're sitting outside and and you've got the jungle cruise behind you. You've got the sounds of Adventureland. You may have a little tropical serenade of your own from a uh, from a displaced tiki bird. But um, the food and the experience is great. And, you know, I can I can sort of just go down the list because D- Disneyland and Disney California, California Adventure continue to deliver on the quality, the variety and the flavors of food throughout the park. You can go on a food adventure like you don't even do uh, attractions are just things you do in between meals. It's just things to yeah. do occupying <laughs> the time in between carts. Um and, you know, like I said, the addition of San Francisco just turns that up to 11. I completely agree with you. And uh, I think we have gotten really spoiled, especially this year, with the food that's been introduced to the Disneyland Resort. And and that's one of the reasons, like, we keep going back to Tiana's is the food is just so good. And, you know, I was there for a bachelor party a week and a half ago. <laughs> and. And, you know, that's where we all decided we wanted to go. Thankfully, they weren't disappointed with my my advice. But uh, um, but, you know, it was it's it's consistently upping their game. I feel like every year with each new thing that they offer, whether it's for a festival or for a specific uh, restaurant. And I think the thing that Tiana's in particular really has gotten me excited about is like what's going to come next. Mm -hmm. Because like you're like, oh, this is great. Like we were having a blast at that that event a couple of weeks ago. And and then I started, you know, you go home and you're ridiculously full and you're kind of laying in a half food coma, going, Oh, I have to write about this now. And and then my brain just started wandering around. I'm like, we got new stuff coming. Mm-hmm. Like, what's gonna be next? Like, and and that's an exciting place to be, I think, as a Disney fan is uh, whether it's with the restaurants or the attractions, there's a lot to be excited for as we're looking forward. And and the fact that they keep changing and updating things gives us all reasons to keep coming back, whether it's as locals or from around the world. And, uh, and same going for out to Florida, too. But yeah. uh, I, I think you're totally right with the food. And, and I will say we frequently plan our day at Disneyland based on what are our food stops. <laughs> and usually it's like, this one is the beginning and this one, it's the end. What can we put in the middle? And then we'll throw in, you know, some entertainment and an attraction or something in the middle somewhere as well. But uh, it's, it's, it's good stuff. And I will say uh, utilize mobile order mm-hmm. if you can and kind of plan ahead on that because sometimes you can find that the window will get pushed out pretty far. And so uh, if if you know that, hey, I want to eat at a certain time when you're getting to the parks in the morning, uh, just plan that out ahead and get your spot in line or virtual queue, I guess you could say, uh, so that you can eat when you want to. Yeah, because I mentioned sort of your love of pop. When I was there, they were just releasing popcorn buckets that had the longest <laughs> lines of any attraction in the park. But I didn't realize, too, there are certain items that are like super hot tickets 
Like, if you don't get your breakfast chimichanga over in Frontierland, at first, you're not going to get one because they sell out super quickly. And the same goes for uh, the walk-ups for some of the restaurants, too. You mentioned Lamplight, and then I'm thinking of of Carthay Alfresco. Uh, if you don't get into the virtual queue fairly early in the day, uh, sometimes that if you didn't have a reservation ahead of time, you're, you, you just might not be doing it that day. <laughs> By the way, I did actually, I did not get a breakfast chimichanga and I was devastated. Are they that good? Are they really as good as, as they say? You know what? I'm not a morning person. So I'm a cup of coffee guy. <laughs> if they sold them in the afternoon, I'd be like, yes, I need. Because I love the regular chimichangas. So, well, next yeah, I was time, like, that's. Next time I come out, we'll have to pick a place to eat and we'll have to do a live dining review. Because now that I know that I, you're a I food guy too. Yeah. Uh, again, and, I'll have and to I make will, it. And I will actually get up early in the morning. And <laughs> it if doesn't you have want to be to breakfast. Do the breakfast one, we can do that though. <laughs> it does not have to be breakfast. I won't. Uh, I'll I'll graze early in the morning and just sort of prepare my body for what's to come. In the I, rest I of the will day. do whatever whatever is needed. <laughs> but I love I love the point that you made, and, and and all the parks are like this world too. But really in Disneyland, how there's one foot very very firmly planted in the past, and the sense of nostalgia and sentiment is is rooted in the park and it remains that way but it is always changing it is always being updated there is always something new to experience whether it is your first time or whether it is your hundredth time which is why i want to look at 10 ish 17 i don't even know how many we actually ended up doing but there's a lot of reasons maybe somebody will count to go or <laughs> go back to disneyland uh mr daps thank you so very much for doing this with me tonight. You create all kinds of great content online. Tell folks where they can find you. Well, I would just go to dapsmagic.com. That stands for Disney and Positive Stuff. And from there, you can find our YouTube and social media and everything else. And we just love Disney and have fun covering it. Perfect. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, thank you very much again for, uh, for today. This was a lot of fun. Wait, last question. You mentioned this uh -oh. earlier. I'm going to put you on the spot. You talked about, you know, Walt and, and his love and how he would see. If you could take Walt Disney World anywhere in Disneyland or Disney California Adventure, where would you take him and why? Today? Today. Oh, man, there's a, there's a selfish answer. Then there's the selfless answer. The selfish answer would be I want him to drive me around Disneyland in his train. Because um, <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, the selfless answer, though, is I would love to take him into something like star wars galaxy's edge and see through his eyes the first time he saw it and see that imagination spark you know light up because i just think he had a vision for where this was going and it was huge and probably bigger than we could ever imagine but i think people have stood on his shoulders with their own imaginations and done the exact same thing and i think he would really appreciate that and love that and uh and i think that would be Incredible, and it choose your new place, but that's the one that that I tend to fall back to a lot. I like it. All right, bonus, bonus question: Where would you take them to eat? Oh, well, this week I feel like it's all about Tiana's palace. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it would be that. Like, I think I think if you could line it up, because right now you're getting uh, Tiana walking around, you're getting the food, you're getting the jazz, you've got the train, you've got the Mark Twain going by and hearing that whistle, and you've got you know the the realization of the haunted mansion as it came to be uh right there across the way and i i think that would be something very special for him and and would just be a fun meal great answer i dig it 
It's time for our Disney trivia question of the week where you can test your knowledge of Walt Disney World or in this week's case, Disneyland's history or see how well you pay attention to the details of what you see, hear, or remember. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is brought to you by HelloFresh. And I literally, like five minutes ago, just finished my HelloFresh dinner. I loved it. And the timing is perfect. Uh, my family and I have been using HelloFresh for years. And we just love not just the taste of the food, but the convenience and the variety. The ingredients are all pre-portioned out and the recipes are delivered right to our doorstep. It's America's number one meal kit, and I see why, because they have a menu that includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every week, from breakfast to dinner, and of course, even snacks. HelloFresh just takes the stress out of mealtime. Everything's delivered right to your door. You don't have to worry about running to the grocery store after work, trying to figure out what to make. So try it for yourself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 5050WDW and use code 50WDW for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. It's HelloFresh.com slash 50WDW. Use code 50WDW for 50% off and 15% off the next two months. So skip the extra trip to the grocery store. Have dinner ready in no time with America's number one meal kit. Now, before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I asked you to tell me simply what five animals are on the logo for Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. You've seen the logo countless times, but have you ever paid attention to what five animals are located on it? And the answers are a lion, an elephant, a dragon, remember Beastly Kingdom, a triceratops, and an antelope or a gazelle. I, I took either because a gazelle is a small antelope. So all gazelles are antelopes, but not all antelopes are gazelles. There con there's conflicting descriptions depending on where you read as to which one it really is. So I took both. I randomly selected one correct entry. And last week, you're once again playing for a new WW Radio 3D keychain and a mystery prize. And last week's winner randomly selected is... Reed Mayer. So, Reed, congratulations. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Disney, not Walt Disney World, Trivia Challenge. So, as long as we're talking about Disneyland, let's stay in Disneyland. There was a lot of conversation about food and snacks. So, tell me, what popular snack was invented at Disneyland? I'll give you a hint. It's a snack that's very much not exclusive to Disneyland and is also a personal favorite of mine. Not that that will necessarily help you with the answer, but just a little bit of useless information. Anyway, you have until Sunday, October 1st. Happy birthday, Walt Disney World at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Use the online form there. And this week, you'll once again be playing for a WW Radio keychain and a mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I'd love to hear from you. What's your favorite reason to visit Disneyland? Whether it's the reason you want to go for the first time or the reason you want to go back. What attraction, show, sense of nostalgia, snacks are fine too. Come be part of the community and conversation over in the WW Radio Clubhouse. It is our fun 
friendly, family-friendly community over on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangiello basically everywhere. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on an upcoming show, you can email me, Lou, at www.radio.com. Or if you have a comment, question, or a hello from the parks that you want to share on the show, you can call the voicemail at 407 407- 900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1, and I will play it at the end of the show. Speaking of community and family, because that's what you are, you are part of my extended family, whether we have met yet or not, I want to thank all of the members of the WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely appreciate your love, support, friendship, and help, and I love being able to give back to you each and every month with monthly scavenger hunts and trivia quests, group video calls, access to our private Facebook group, shirts, stickers, monthly care packages from the parks, early access and discounts to special events, and much more. More importantly, it's a great way for you to not just be part of, but to help the show as well. And of course, don't forget that a portion of your contribution goes to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Thanks to you, we've raised more than $550,000 to help children and their families that have life-threatening illnesses have their wish come true and take the trip of a lifetime to Walt Disney World. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the Nation family, including Kelly, Kirby Lewis, Justin, Marnie Romando, and Jason G. If you'd like to find out how you can become a member of the WW Radio Nation, visit www.radio.com slash support. And of course, as much as I love connecting and talking with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. So check out our events page at www.radio.com slash events or at facebook.com slash Radio. I'll be announcing our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World soon. But coming up, we have our WW Radio Night at Jollywood Nights on Monday, November 20th. Our five-night Halloween on the High Seas cruise on the Disney Magic, October 21st through the 26th, 2024. That includes a visit to Disney's Lookout Key at Lighthouse Point. We also have our first cruise on the Disney Treasure, a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise, February 8th through the 15th. You can find out more and get a free no-obligation quote by going to www.com slash cruises. And of course, whether you're coming with us on one of our group events or to Walt Disney World or, like we talked about this week, out to Disneyland, please go and visit mousefantravel.com. They are my exclusive travel provider, as they have been for more than, I think it's 17 years now, because it's who I use. More importantly, it's who I trust, not just because they will help you secure the best possible prices, but the level of personal care and service that they give each and every one of their clients. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. And oh, by the way, don't forget, their services are completely free to you. If you're looking for a speaker for your next event, conference, or school, maybe about the Disney difference and integrating lessons from the Disney parks and Walt Disney about customer service, or if you're looking to launch, grow, or monetize your personal business or brand through one-on-one coaching, weekly mastermind groups, or some of my momentum events, please go and visit loumangelo.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Share a link to this or your favorite episode on social, and please rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I want to thank a recent Apple Podcast reviewer, Rich MC, who says, what a show. Honestly, this podcast has filled a void in my Disney-loving life. Lou's done such a beautiful job with the podcast that, ironically, I think the company that we all hold dear to our hearts could learn a lesson from, wow, thank you, could learn a lesson from him. Now, this statement will seem extremely hyperbolic, but it's been a long time since a charismatic, down-to-earth, dare I say, Uncle Walt-type character, wow, Rich, um, has fed the lovers of Disney classic, of classic Disney with news and updates about our favorite place the way Lou does now. As you can tell, I don't read this ahead of time. Uh, God knows you can't get this stuff on television. We crave this information. And this is absolutely the best source for it. I listen every week. Well done, Lou. You've made Jersey and Seton Hall proud. 
Rich, wow, thank you very much for that, man. I really do appreciate you and those very kind words. And to you, my friend, who has been so generous with your time and allowing me to spend and share my love and passion for Disney with you, thank you so much. None of this happens without you. I hope the show put a smile on your face, was a bit of a welcome distraction. And then I get to see you Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDWRadioLive.com. So until that time, I hope that this is your best week ever. I hope that you continue to choose the good and be the good. Because remember, it's those little positive things that help you get through the big negative ones. I love you. I appreciate you. So until next time, see ya. Hello, it's Elizabeth from Massachusetts. Uh, guess what? I just finished listening to every single episode of WDW Radio. It only took a few years. Uh, lots of listening, but Lou, huge thank you for all of the hard work, all of the research, all of the tips, tricks, top tens, hours of time that you've put into doing this because it has given me newfound knowledge of Disney. Um, it has given me structure and something to look forward to week by week. And I know I speak for a lot of people when I say those things. So huge shout out to you. Thank you for building this, as you say, clubhouse for us to fill. Um, it's been amazing. So yeah, I'm done. I have, I am completely caught up. Um, and I can't wait to now only listen to, I guess, the new stuff and maybe listen to some older stuff when uh, I kind of feel like it. I uh, hope everyone has an absolutely magical day. Stay magical, be magical, make somebody else's day magical, and I'll talk to y'all real soon. Bye, guys.